welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome back, Brad, to the Blue Collar BS podcast. How are you doing today? I am absolutely fantastic, sir. Yourself? Doing well, doing well. Out of quarantine, so I'm like, woo! It's time to get going. <laughs> people, yay, people. Going. That's right. That's right. Well, guess we got a great guest on our show today, Thomas Anderson of Potomac Run Development. Welcome, Thomas. Hello. <laughs> awesome. Well, glad glad you could uh, join us for today's show. Really appreciate having you here. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Oh, no, don't worry. Uh, no problem. I'll take that too. It's okay, Thomas. <laughs> uh, Brad and Steve, thank you. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good it's no oh, wait, hey let's let's start over i know we're, we're, we're no I'm kidding <laughs> no, no we don't start over it's all good <laughs> it's all good that's funny this is funny so so thomas before we get deep dive into you know who you are mm-hmm. the company you have and a little bit about yourself first thing we always ask everybody is just to help self-identify with us what generation do you fit in the uh um i was born in 74 so that makes me, by the book, I guess it makes me a Gen X, which probably makes sense. Gen X is like they didn't know what to do. I went and wasted my time getting a liberal arts degree. Right. Which is, yeah. <laughs> my son comes and says he wants a degree in sociology. I'm going to say, no, can't do it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with people who choose that. But <laughs> Right. That's cool. Awesome. So um, what... Tell us a little bit about your business and how you decided to go down that path and um, some of the, maybe some of the positive experiences you're having across, uh, across the generational divide here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I will. Okay. So I'll try to make it as quick, as concise as I can be because the way I got into construction, I just sort of stumbled into it. When I was a kid, my dad would buy houses and fix them up and make them into rental properties. And he was terrible. He was a terrible carpenter and everything. So I kind of learned how to do it just because I wanted to see it done right. And the, um, but I didn't, I kind of thumbed my nose at it for the longest time. Actually, I did it until I was well in my thirties. I was remodeling a house for somebody. I just thought it was beneath me, which is silly, but we all have our chip on our shoulder for some reason. I, I had a business in Arizona that I just got into, right? It was literally water in the desert. And so it was an easy business to run. It was, it was like, it, it got me through, it, I, I did it all through college did it, and then just didn't ever got out of it. And then I hired young guys to do the work and then it was seasonal work. So before you know it, I realized you could buy a house. This is in like 2002, 2003, 2004. You could just buy a house with like a signature. <laughs> and, uh, and you know how that went so yep. for, but at the time i was like oh okay i can just buy a house and then just flip it right i just needed all i needed to do was get some labor and i had guys that worked for me they were like college age guys that they were just like a few years younger than me at the time <laughs> but they always wanted the extra work and our work was really seasonal so we had plenty of work to do for like the winter months and so we got we started doing rehabbing of houses and selling them. And then I wanted to get out of that business because I saw what was happening. My margins were getting smaller. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, there, I think, I'm, and so then I would just started, just started doing it for other people. Cause they said, Oh, you're so good at this. And I'm like, every time I do it, I'd be, I'd warn them. I'd be like, you should get out of this now. It's not going to be good. Like, like <laughs> any day now you're going to get stuck with a hot potato. So, yeah. 
So then the bottom of the bottom, everything fell out. And this was in Arizona. Everything fell out uh, in Arizona. So then I took the talk to my wife into moving our one-year-old, us, all of us, to Northern Virginia because we had friends there. And it was basically D.C. And I just realized that they might, based on what they let happen, to the rest of the country and knew that they weren't going to really let that happen. In I just, so we just want to make one caveat here. Uh, yeah. Thomas. This is not a political show. So, I know. And but, well, but I, I appreciate I you tiptoeing around that topic. I don't care who's in charge. I I'm telling you this in DC, they will always take good care of DC. Yes. They so will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter who's into what politics politicians in charge, but the rest of the country, maybe not so much. So, so the, I, you're right. I'll stay out of the politics. Otherwise. <laughs> so as it turned out, I was right. It was, was a great place to move to. I even thought maybe I wasn't even going to be in construction. Instantly people were like, here, do this, do that. So we just got into it. And then I got back into after a whole decade of not doing house, you know, flipping. Although here, house flipping means buying a row house and tearing it down and building two, you know, a two, you know, two condos right. or something like that. And it's and then then that's it's very involved. It's like a one year process. <laughs> but capital but intensive as well, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> that's how I got into construction. And so I guess one of the parts of the questions you asked was how, how, how have you gotten to that yet? Did you ask me how it is working with people? What's the, just what the challenges are here where I'm at? Yeah. So as you, as you've had that experience, right. Moving from Arizona, um, dealing mm-hmm. with folks that were of the same age as you, and as yeah. you have, as you have aged and not as willing to go climbing through all the rubble that is required right. to go do the things you need to do. Yeah. How is it that you're finding um, finding maybe younger, more ambitious talent, be it either millennial or Gen Z, to um, do that work, make that make it rain, so to speak? So here, I haven't had any trouble. I have, I've been able to sort of foster. I I haven't grown. We're steady, always steady work. So okay. to me, it's like I'm terrible. Like my wife said, has like tells people how to expand their business and how to hire. And I just shake. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she is. She has no yeah. problem telling anybody anything. Yeah. 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 And so, and I do, I don't follow these instructions very well, but in my limited way, it works. It's just, I have everybody where it's like, uh, you know, of course we have contracts and stuff, but it's like every, everybody I work with, I am like, they know they're going to get the next job and the next job and the next job from me. So we usually everything is good, runs very smooth in that respect. And are so all, then are, they, are those guys, are those guys that you're dealing with, are they all very similar in age as you, or are they varying? They're, they're, a little, they're all over the map, but mostly they're younger than me. Okay. So they're, so that like my plumber, uh, well, plumbers, I should say, but the, my plumbing contractors, they're, they're younger than me a little bit. <laughs> the, um, Maybe they're not. Maybe I just look old. <laughs> but the, uh, then, but then there's uh, my HVAC guys are all younger than me, and uh, and they it's interesting because most of the guys that I work with are very entrepreneurial, anyways. Like my HVAC guy is like he he's my HVAC guy, but he also is how he's been flipping houses down in Richmond, Virginia, because um, hmm. that's kind of where he's based at, which is like two hours from where we are. And so, but he still has like, but he has uh, one of his, he has two crew members that work up here just 
do uh, so I'm, I still get to use them for all my HVAC work. And so everybody's sort of like that, that I work with. They're all, they understand exactly how to get things done. <laughs> okay. So, so, so they're not behaving like you would expect a traditional or, or the stereotypical uh, younger person of a younger generation. No, I do. All. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I haven't been getting the flakiness or whatever, I guess, you know, so I, I don't see a lot of that myself. Okay. I, you know, if sometimes you'll, I, I don't, it doesn't take me long. If somebody, if somebody is like that, if I, if like they don't follow through on something, it doesn't take me long before I'm like, we just have to have a talk and then maybe you and I shouldn't work together or whatever. Right. You know, that's easy. But So when you're out looking for, are you actively out looking for new subcontractors at this point? Actively at the moment? No. Although I always keep my eyes peeled. They, if I see, uh, let's say I'm rolling into the box store or going to the, um, the lumber yard, I'll be happy to chat somebody up and see just to get a feel for what they're doing. Cause, cause there's, it doesn't hurt to get like new blood or whatever. So right. the, but it, you know, cause sometimes guys get a little lazy on how they price and stuff, but I, oh, even that, I are you yeah. serious? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've always get this job from Thomas. So I'm always going to, Oh, I was seven, 10 a square foot. Now it's seven, 12. Now it's seven, yeah. 15. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like, I, I like it when they make money too, but you're messing up my estimating. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> When you're, I will say, when you're up chatting with them, what are the characteristics of the people when you're talking with them that kind of comes out to you that says, yes, this is somebody that's going to be successful working with me? This is terrible of me to say, but if they're younger, but they're still uh, enthusiastic, because like when I was that age, I wouldn't have been enthusiastic if somebody asked me, what do you do? I would have been like, oh, yeah, who are you talking? You know, I, like, water the, I water the desert. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that if, if they're enthusiastic, it means that they're somewhat hungry and that they're um, and that they probably are more of a go getter than I am. Let's put it that way. So that, that's what I like. I, when I think of it, when I think of like the ideal trade or um, it's just somebody who I can call them and we can have a quick conversation and we can uh, look, go take a, you know, he can look at the plans no matter whether they're for a, a little remodel or for a home addition or for we're tearing down a place and building a major redevelopment of a property and that and they can just get me an estimate back quickly and they can get me that's kind of thing if they can get the estimate back quickly a lot of times that means that they might actually go there uh this when they said they were going to go and do the the work (laughs) (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. previous to us starting the recording you know we, we kind of talked about your relocating okay. in the next year or so, right? Down from, mm-hmm. from Virginia down to Savannah. So I'm going to assume that your HVAC guy is not going to put a team of folks in Savannah. I'm going to no. assume your plumber is not going to have one guy just in a truck down in Savannah to support you. Um, no. What do you think Probably your not. strategy or, or thought process is as you go into a new town to try to find those, those connections? What do you think that strategy is going to look like for you? So I, I've actually been thinking about that because I will be brand new. And, and so I was thinking of a fast track way to do it, to meet trades, because one of the thing that I'll do, and like, you know, I, I mentioned before we started uh, recording was I'll, um, when I get down there, my plan is to um, buy property. That's actually a, 
it looks like a nice place to buy property. I mean, I have to buy in DC, I have to pay a half a million dollars for something. And then I've got to go find another $300,000 to, to make the repairs. Right. And there, there's money to be made, you know, this, it's a big nut to crack each time. Right. And so it, down there, you could do that, or you can do, you can buy something for 150,000 or there's a whole variety of things. It doesn't even look like there's a huge, they call them wholesalers. There's wholesale. It doesn't seem like the wholesalers are even down there, which is weird because there's tons of opportunity and it is a growing area. It's not huge like DC metro area is, but, but I'm, I don't even go into Maryland. And Maryland's not that far away. So I kind of, for me, it, it seemed, even though this is a big metroplex or whatever you want to call it, the I just treat it like DC and Northern Virginia are my little areas for that I search for properties. Down there, I think it'll be something about the same. And um, so the answer to your question, I think is, this is what I think I'll do. I think I'll take a job at a fire and flood restoration company, or I may actually start one. I don't know. I I, I think the smart move would be to take a job there because then I'll have all the trades in the world and to select from and get phone numbers and make relationships with. That's what I think I'm going to do. So uh, it does means that that poor fire and flood restoration company probably doesn't keep me very long, but the, uh, well, and, um, and hopefully nobody in Savannah is going to listen to this when it gets published, at, you know, later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's okay. I promise they'll make, I'll make them money anyways. I promise. So they, uh, the, if that's the case, but because every time I've ever even worked for anybody, I've always treated it like it was my business, the same as when I do my own. So, so I don't, I wouldn't feel too bad at me. <laughs> but I don't know. That's just one of, cause I, it, it will be a new place moving here. I moved here 11 years ago and I would have thought that it would have been difficult to get a business started. And that happened pretty quick. So I didn't have to get a job, you know, to do that. I, maybe it'll happen without me doing that. I'm, I'll probably be busy enough just because I'll buy a house and I'll have to start renovating it. And if I don't have people, if I don't have trades yet, I'll be doing it myself for a little bit, I guess. So <laughs> what, what trade do you, uh, have the most distaste for to self-perform oh that's an easy one drywall i figured that was going to be the right answer (laughs) yeah oh my god because it's it's just so sad to see like we are doing a it's a 1200 square foot addition to a house beautiful a beautiful uh, house and and we're also you know tearing off the old siding putting on cement board um and we stained it it's really cool actually there it's like a dark almost a blue gray, the color of the stain is, is called Atlantic. And so you can stain hardened plank and it looks really good. So the, uh, it's a little tedious, but you can't. Yes, get it. yes, it, yes is. it is. <laughs> so, but it, the um, construction is 90% of construction is getting the material to the spot that it needs to go. Right. So the, <laughs> so those guys got the drywall in the house, right? He left two guys there yesterday morning and they had all the board up by five o'clock yesterday. So it was a two-story addition. So they had two 600 square foot blocks yep. and the upper had a vaulted ceiling too. And it's just, it's all up two guys. <laughs> I would, I'd be there scratching my head, cutting, well, what do I, how do I cut the hole? It's just sad. And then taping. Oh my God. <laughs> Tape and mud. No, thank you. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that that would be the one that I would say is the uh, most challenging. Yeah, for myself, <laughs> what which one do you find to be which trade do you find to be the most rewarding? So for me, 
I don't do it anymore because I can't afford to, but I don't mind doing like uh, finished carpentry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually used to love building cabinets, uh, which is, that's silly. Like, I mean, I, I'm happy for anybody who builds custom cabinets for people and make, because there is a way to do it and make a living. Um, but man, that is a, uh, it is fun to do. It's just a labor of love though. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. One of the things you mentioned earlier was when you were in Arizona, you had a younger workforce working yeah. on recent college grad. What was it about them that made that part of your business successful? That's a good question. That weird, that's a weird business that we did. It was, we had to deliver water. Like it was flood irrigation, you know, like they do with fields. And so it was a gra- old timey gravity feed system where we delivered water to houses. So, so they could make central Phoenix look like the Midwest. So all these houses that were built in the forties, fifties, and sixties all had flood irrigation and they all had big, you know, sycamore trees in the front yard, even though it's 120 degrees outside because (laughs) they flood the yard every two weeks in the summer with like four or five inches of water, uh, then things will grow. So it's kind of insane if you think about it, but (laughs) the, the, uh, it was a real niche sort of thing. It was literally in my neighborhood and I just started taking over neighborhoods and saying, we'll go ahead and do it for you. Cause the people who were left to do it to themselves, like they were called self-servers. They just didn't know what they were doing. And they would just like, it's a gravity feed system. So they, they would just ruin everything <laughs> if they did it themselves. So it was easy to get people to just to do it or to pay us to do it. Like we even did, we had uh, one of my biggest clients was John McCain. He was one of my clients. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause that's where they're, I, I never actually met him once, but I used to send him a bill every uh, twice a year. Did he pay but, you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Colangelo was one of my clients. He was the he was the owner. He was a long time ago, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Anyway, so that that's my only name drops. They're not, not that impressive. Never met either one of them. It's <laughs> hilarious. The reason why the young guys, because most of our work happened during the summer, and so we the way we run the business is I worked with the the semi government agency called SRP, and they were the ones who gave us the water. And we would work with them on when we use the water, but they would basically say, here's the water for, if it takes 48 hours to f- irrigate this whole neighborhood, you've got to just do it until it's done. So we worked it in 12 hour shifts. So what I would do is, is the guys who they're young guys, they don't care about working 12 hour shifts. Cause it's really not hard labor. It's almost like, it's probably easier than being a security guard. It's like it's hard. paint dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can do a lot of studying. Let's put it that way works for students, right? So you don't want to overwork a guy during the school months or whatever, but mm-hmm. in the summer, they got nothing else to do, right? So, or in theory, if they want to make a lot of money during the summer. So that's kind of how, that's how it ended up gravitating towards younger, like college age dudes. I guess help, help us understand. So yes, you hired um, younger kids, younger college kids, but what were the characteristics of them that made them successful in your business? Okay, so that way back then, I would actually interview people because I didn't have some magic supply of college age people, right. um, the, even though I just finished college, but I still didn't have anything like that. The, everybody who was my age had already moved on. They were like interns at Schwab or whatever, you know, <laughs> but don't worry, they still wanted to work for me. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think it, way back then I started doing like Craigslist ads. 
And, you know, you go meet people at Starbucks and then be, you meet all kinds of people. Right. Yeah. And of course, this is probably terrible of me. I met, I probably met people that weren't young people. I met like people who were like in their thirties or forties. And I probably was like being honest and retro. I haven't really thought about that. Probably. I probably just looked right, right past him for whatever reason. And I'm sure that no one else has ever done anything like that. Right. Never. So they, well, I, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know why I, I, I'm just thinking about that right now. I haven't thought about that in like 20 years now almost, but yeah. Um, <laughs> now I don't have some care. bad memories, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Well, nowadays I wouldn't care how old someone was. I, I would just care about a lot, a lot of other factors, but the, how old they were wouldn't matter. But back then I think, uh, yeah, I just leaned towards them. Cause that's what I, the way I got into the business, I was young. And so I was leaning towards that. And then I kind of felt like I could be a little more, I don't know, exploitative on my pay because they're young. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I also liked the fact that I could do that because then I can, Oh, look at this. I can afford to give you a raise after three months and then another raise. And so, and then they were happy. Right. Cause then I had the free, I was making money off them. I mean, there wasn't a secret how much money I was making off them, but they were happy that they got raises all the time too. So, right. So you built a path forward for mm-hmm. them, even though you didn't necessarily communicate with them, you did build them up you had a built-in path in your own in your own yeah. mind to try to keep and retain them yeah yeah it was very yeah i wasn't i was i was pretty young also i was like late 20s anyways when i was doing that early 20s when i started it i i kind of was just learning as i went but they right you know you didn't i didn't always pick a good guy i remember there would be guys and these were guys where you really had to depend on them if a guy was doing his shift if the other guy decided to not show up somebody had to work another 12 hours like that didn't it's not like it's not like we could just shut it off the water and then walk away for 12 hours you know so so you really like if a guy wanted to be like an hour late and say oh man i drank too much last night you know you know or whatever a college <laughs> You're like, kid no. saying that come on yeah yeah oh no, never they wouldn't last too long doing that i guess so as you uh as you make your journey from where you are today in virginia, no, virginia. down to savannah what are going to be, you go into the flipping side of it versus going to get employed. What are going to be some of those key characteristics that you're going to be looking for in the new region? Um, because there are regional differences. There are different behaviors, different expectations. Are you going to have anything that is different down there than, than what you might have in your current location? So I've been exploring that already. Uh, it looks like it looks like in Savannah, Savannah proper. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've it looks like it, it, it's a cool old town, but there's also tons of suburb to it. So, but the, um, I don't know, it's a little bit like a little tiny version of, uh, not that tiny, I guess, but uh, have you ever been to um, Charleston, South Carolina? Yep. Yeah. So uh, it's, it reminds me of that. Uh, it's not quite like a People's Republic of Charleston, like like Again, Charleston. Not a political show. <laughs> no, but you know Charleston is like you have to hire you to fix the the wrought iron in on your house. You have to hire. There's only two guys you're allowed to hire, and so it's yeah. really weird, right? And I get it because they're very very protective of how historical and right. stuff. That, yeah, but so it's Charleston's. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, Savannah's a little bit like that, but it's more of a. Um, they're very looking forward to fixing up their city. So Charleston, everything's good to go. There's areas if you go north, as you as you meander north in Charleston, there's areas that are getting kind of rehabbed. It kind of reminds me of what happens in DC where they're like, hey, look, we can take this, this house that's kind of bombed out 
and uh, let's go ahead and build something here. And that's what DC is about because DC is weird because it's a housing shortage. I mean, it's just a, it's a continuous housing shortage. It has been for like 15 years. So there's, you decide if 10 people decide to take an area and gentrify it or whatever you want to call it, it's, it's going to happen. So Savannah, they're, they have all these programs too. I haven't even really looked into how I'm going to use them or if I am, am but they are, they really want people to fix up houses in Savannah and move into Savannah. I don't know if the programs will really apply to somebody like me because there's probably too many hoops to jump through. It's probably going to get in the way of the, sort of the production of whatever we. You have only to do. had somebody to help you hire somebody to get through those hoops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know anybody. So you know anybody? <laughs> I do. I do. I do know my wife. She's very good at that sort of thing. <laughs> Hire somebody to get you through the bureaucracy, mm-hmm. the, the permit getter or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the title needs to be. I, I'm very excited for what you and your wife are, are going to do in that move. And I know that you will be very successful when you make that switch to find the solution because you've explained to us how success has, um, I don't want to say fallen into your lap, but you've created your own success along the way. You've kept the blue collar industry you know, alive. And now. Oh, yeah. And I'm a fan of it. I'm a huge fan of it. Like I'll tell you, cause, cause I, I'm sure I've meandered off too much. And so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that at least what you guys will probably think is a positive <laughs> and it won't be too meandering. I, I remember how I said I had like a chip on my shoulder about that sort of thing. Yep. About, uh, I've gotten over that. Uh, at least I hope I have. And I've even like, I have a 10, a 13 year old son. I, you know, I said something about if you want a sociology degree, honestly, if you want a sociology degree, that's fine too. Cause there's probably good reason to, for the, you, you want it. But if you're doing it just to finish a college, just to finish college, don't bother. But if you want to, I don't know, get, learn a trade or working work for a plumbing outfit for your whole life. And, oh, you can, that's nothing wrong with that too. Cause it pays good plenty to be obtained by working in trade, all kinds of trades. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to create that conversation and, and bring awareness and find, you know, entrepreneurs like yourself that mm-hmm. at some point may need to find other entrepreneurs that are similar in nature that are, are younger. And we appreciate you sharing your time today and your story of how you got to where you are. And it's, it's going to be really exciting to revisit once you get down to Savannah, uh, mm-hmm. how, how things are going and whether or not you took a job to yeah, I don't know. All, yeah. To poach all the subs, or you went out on your own. So yeah, yeah. To be continued I, conversation. Yeah, I don't know if I'll have to poach. I, it, it's not even. I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that for a minute. <laughs> I don't know if I'll have to do it. That not way. a bad plan. I will say <laughs> that's a very good plan to to come into an area to figure out who's who. <laughs> yeah, shh, don't tell anybody. No. <laughs> that's okay. We, we only have we only have like five hundred listeners or something like that. So that's not deal. <laughs> and I don't think we have anybody in Georgia yet. So we're. I think we're okay. So we're all good. So, so Thomas, as we kind of wrap up the show, how can people want to get in touch with you? One, from a trade perspective, but two, you know, obviously if they've got some properties for you, how can they get in touch with you to work together with you? The uh, they can just email me. Uh, the I guess that they could call me too, but uh, emailing is probably a good starting point. The uh, if they're if they have any interest, and that email uh, would be so it's Thomas. At potomacrundev.com. So it's Potomac, which every only people around here know how to spell it, but it is very phonetic. P-O-T-O-M-A-C 
R-U-N-D-E-V. So D-E-V is David Eric Victor. So it's just short for development. So potomacrundev.com. And Perfect. so Thomas at potomacrundev.com. That would be that spectacular. We, we thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule as, as you're preparing for that transition. And uh, we appreciate you taking that time today. And um, <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me. Hopefully, hopefully it wasn't I, so bad for a first timer, was it? Uh, no, hopefully it wasn't too bad for you guys too. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to blue collar BS brought to you by vision Forward business solutions and professional business coaching. Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta, please like share rate and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue collar businesses strong for generations to come.